Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, Jonas and Cordell, so obviously we know that the Browns offense has made some transactions. We haven't seen Deshaun Watson yet um, because he won't be able to play until December, but they did trade for Amari Cooper um, this offseason. They also extended uh, Njoku, their tight end. So obviously we know their running back situation with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Um, So on paper, this looks like a really um, good, decent offense. Jacoby Brissett is their quarterback, though, who has been inconsistent at best. But that's, to me, been the story of his career in a nutshell. Um, and he's good at moments and then bad at others. Um, so, obviously, the Ravens' defense has trended up, even though they're in the top uh, 15, 16 in run defense. We know that they've, trend- they've trended up in pass defense, even though statistically it says that they're in the 20s. Um, but, you know, we know that they've played well the last three weeks against their quarterbacks and top wide receivers. So what do you guys expect coming into Sunday's game? I- Again, Cordell and I have talked about this. We feel like the Ravens defense, particularly their pass defense, has trended up. Um, and so you bring in a guy like Brissett, who, again, is – inconsistent at best. I mean, he does have really good moments, um, but then there's times where, you know, he can give it to you. So, Jonas, how do you expect this defense to attack this Browns offense come Sunday? I think we got to start with the possible absence of Wyatt Teller. I mean, this is a really good, really, really good Browns offensive line, and if they don't have him, which it looks like they won't, that's one kind of force multiplier to borrow what John Harbaugh described Marshall Yonda as um, without. And I think that's a, that would be a big, big loss. This this Ravens run defense looks like it's finally maybe turning the corner. Uh, you know, Travis Jones had a, had a really nice game. Justin Matabike, I think, is a perfect, perfect defensive lineman for uh, to blow up the kind of zone run schemes that, that Cleveland really does a good job with. Uh, you know, we've seen Malik Harrison really just take his game up a notch. We've seen Patrick Queen uh, be be braver, be be more courageous, and, and actually just more exacting in, in how he's making these run fits. So I think I'm not as worried about the Ravens' run defense as I was a couple of weeks ago looking at this matchup. I think if we're talking matchup-wise, you know, what might be kind of int- intriguing, Njoku's been a beast this year, guys, and I think – one of the reasons you bring in someone like Kyle Hamilton is to be the stopper of the athletic tight end that we've seen just kind of proliferate across the NFL. So, you know, Cleveland likes to spread things out. I think they're pretty much an 11 personnel heavy team. So that's, you know, one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers. 
And, you know, obviously we saw Kyle get some more work than normal last week with Marcus Williams being out. But I think this might be the kind of game where you are comfortable, you know, having him kind of carry with David and Joku because those are two guys who are built pretty similarly, you know, got uh, strength, got speed, um, don't have the, the kind of perfect technique, but they, they, they get by with, with just enough. And I think that could be a situation where you trust Kyle Hamilton more than you would. Uh, Geno Stone, certainly. Chuck Clark hasn't been that great in coverage. And then you just trust the other guys uh, on the sideline, whether it's, you know, Marlon or Marcus to, to handle Amari Cooper. Obviously, it's, you know, kind of all moot if the Ravens play a lot of zone, um, which, you know, they, they definitely have under Mike McDonald. And you're just relying on that four-man rush to get home and you're less worried about where guys line up before the snap. But I think if, if we do see situationally the Ravens want to take certain guys away, and I think this could be a nice, nice game for Kyle Hamilton to, to spotlight his value and what he can do against um, a really, really uh, intriguing matchup, uh, matchup nightmare in Joku. My, my, I'm sorry, Cordell, before you go into it, my question, my, and, I, and I can ask you this, Cordell, my concern is, is that absolutely I agree with you. This is the opportunity that he has been looking for. As a first-round draft pick, he has yet to really, you know, get to where we thought he'd be. Is he ready? for the opportunity. And that's my concern. I mean, listen, and I think that, I think that we might have to expect an inconsistent showing of him. There'll be times I think he'll make good tackles and then there'll be times he'll, he'll miss some coverages. I I could be wrong here, but that's, I just don't feel like he's still completely acclimated with, with this defense and what they're trying to do. But Cordell. Yeah, I I totally agree. And I I agree with both of you. I've been saying for a couple of weeks, there's been certain matchups that I feel like, if they truly trusted Kyle Hamilton, they could really showcase him on defense and really incorporate him into their game plan to stop certain uh, people or stop certain things that these offenses like to do. And you would imagine this week would be one of them. Like Jonas said, that's that's an ideal matchup to have him kind of on an athletic tight end and in Joku. Uh, I also wouldn't be upset if Brandon Stevens was kind of that guy. Yeah. I, just, I want a bigger body guy to to guard this dude so i understand the kyle hamilton or stevens uh assignment right there the the question is like you said rita can you trust him and joku's a, a has been a stud this year uh he's one of the more, more targeted tight ends in the nfl right now and he's taking advantage of it and um you just worry if it's like like you said jonas they do this is a zone defense right now so i don't know how much of the man stuff we we're going to see in general uh but even if we do, you'd like to be able to trust Kyle Hamilton on on an Njoku. I just I just don't know if you can right now. He he's very inconsistent. Uh, at times he just looks lost to me. I, it just seems like too many times after a play, I see him patting his chest, saying my bad, or pointing at his head like, oh, I messed up. Like it just happens too many times for me. And like we're in week seven. I get it. It's an NFL scheme. It's it's an adjustment from the from the college level. But when you're drafted 14th overall, you just would expect somebody to be able to catch on a little quicker. And I, I'm holding out hope just as much as everybody else is. I get it's a long season, and he's got hopefully a long career uh, ahead of him for him to change the narrative right now. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see. But as far as the rest of these guys, I I I I'm like you, Jonas. I'm not as worried about this run defense going into this matchup as I was a couple of weeks ago. They have gotten better. I think the deep, like Rita said, we've been saying that this defense has gotten better over the last couple of weeks in general. And you look at this Browns rushing attack. They're the, they're the number one rushing team in the NFL. One thing about them, they're going to run the ball. 
yep. uh, whether it's working early or not. Um, and the good thing is, you think back to the two matchups last year, the Ravens were great against the Browns' rushing attack. Nick Chubb was not he, – he, he wasn't even a factor in either of the games. The Browns didn't have a 100-yard rusher in neither of the two games they played against the Ravens last year. So it's they know something, you know, of how to handle this team. And that was back when the Browns had a little more mobility at quarterback two with Baker Mayfield uh, as well. So, you know, it feels good. I think you have to feel good about them going up against this rushing attack. Now the Browns are one of the, they can score points uh, as well. I think they average a little over 20 or close to 24 points a game right now. Inconsistent offense for sure. They have problems closing out games themselves uh, in the fourth quarter. So that's that's one thing to definitely notice. But they can score. So you got to be careful with a team like this to not get so wrapped up into the run game to where they beat you over the top in the play action because they do have the weapons to do it. You mentioned Amari Cooper and David Njoku, but they also have Donovan's Peoples-Jones. Uh, they like to get the ball to Kareem Hunt out of the backfield. So you're going to have to pay attention to all the options that they have and not guys like Patrick Queen, all these second level guys, they're going to have to make sure that they're disciplined and keen on their assignments and not getting sucked up on the play action to where they can beat you over the middle uh, in that second level. Yeah. And you mentioned scoring. Um, <clears throat> they're right under the Ravens in terms <laughs> of um, scoring. Uh, you know, so there's Casey, Buffalo, Philly, Baltimore, and Cleveland. So you're right. I mean, they they are an offense that does score points. I do think that this Ravens um, defense, this run defense, really is beneficial. And you already mentioned that they kind of had them, you know, um, contained last time. And then you add the fact that they're potentially they're going to be without one of their offensive linemen and how well this run defense has been. I mean, you you held Saquon Barkley to under 90 yards yep. last week, who was their top player. Um, in the Giants offense. Uh, so, you know, I, again, I think that this defense is, has played well the last three weeks. I know that the, the record doesn't show and reflect that because we keep saying, oh, such and such had such and such unanswered points, you know. And, and so we all automatically attribute that to, oh, the defense had a collapse. I disagree with that. I think, to me, that means the offense didn't do their part in answering scoring points. But I think that this defense has played – you know, really well. It will be interesting to see how they play in pass defense because you also mentioned Donovan Peoples-Jones and, and then the other weapons that they have. So this this will be a test for them in the secondary. Again, guys, I, I want Kyle Hamilton to step up to the plate. I really do. I just do not know if he's going to do that as of yet. I mean, maybe he's a late bloomer. I have already written him off as a late bloomer. It's very possible that he is a guy that may not get it this year, may not get it next year, but maybe the third year he'll get it. So he's going to have a lot of growing pains because he is yet to find his way into this offense, Jonas. Yeah, I think, you know, you look at the trajectory of Raven safeties. It's been, you want these guys on the vine ripening until they're ready to get plucked. I mean, uh, it's it's kind of unfortunate that the like the, the big name starter and this is Marcus Williams because um, he was a guy who from the jump as a what second round pick was elite right away. I mean I know everyone from his rookie year remembers the Minneapolis Miracle and he he doesn't want to talk about it clearly but yeah uh, you know looking at his PFF grades he was like 88 as a as a rookie which is just pretty absurd but you know 
where was how many Ravens fans could tell you, you know, what position Chuck Clark played for the first two positions he was on the roster until Tony Jefferson got hurt and they needed someone to step up. You know, who could have told you that Geno Stone would have done anything, you know, his rookie year when he was bouncing you know, off the waiver wire, when he was dealing with COVID, all that kind of stuff. And here he comes in and puts in a heck of a shift in his first start. So um, it is unfortunate that we are talking about, you know, talking the same way about Kyle Hamilton, a guy who some people had as the best prospect in the draft and, you know, only fell because of his subpar testing scores. Obviously you want a, a more ready for impact kind of guy, but you know, everyone has their own timetable. You know, some people take, longer to, to get good. And maybe when he gets good, he's going to be elite. It's so it's just a situation where the Ravens have to be patient. I mean, I, I keep coming back to how, um, you know, when we talked to him at a rookie mini camp, he said, you know, at Notre Dame, I didn't run a lot of cover three shells and guess what defense it was that, you know, uh, Miami victimized him on, on that one, on that yeah. one long pass, it was a cover three shell. So, um, you know, disappointing that he hadn't really, been totally refined by that point, but people are going to have their bumps and their and their aches and their, and their bad moments. And you just hope that, uh, like the coaches say, he's a guy who never makes the same mistake twice. That by the time we get to week twelve, week fourteen, week seventeen, he, he's a guy who has seen everything, knows everything, and knows where to be, and, and can really just you know weaponize his his very unique physical skill set. No, I, I agree. Um, the only thing about it is that I just don't and it's and it's not even it may not be fair to Kyle Hamilton but a lot is riding on him turning out to be good because the Ravens have used quite a few first round picks on the defensive side of the ball and we're still waiting for a lot yeah. of these guys to turn out to be the the player that you know Eric DeCosta and these guys thought that they could be so if Kyle Hamilton turns out to be this Geno Stone type of guy that, you know, is back and forth off the waiver wire, is dealing with stuff here and there, and then maybe in his third year, okay, it, he looks better, but he's still not a first-round talent. You know, I, I just don't know if the Ravens can afford that, to be honest with you. They've invested a lot into this defense from first-round draft pick capital, and they need some of these guys to hit. And like I said, it's not fair to Kyle Hamilton, but he's kind of like, you know, the 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 mantra. He's kind of like the logo for this, for, for Eric DaCosta draft now. It's like, oh, here's another one that they take a shot on uh, and doesn't pan out. You know, you had Owe, who they drafted, coming in with no sacks, and here we look at Owe, and he's struggling to get sacks. You know, Patrick Queen, a guy just coming from LSU, and I, st- I think Patrick Queen is better than I think a lot of people give him credit for, but I will agree that he has not played like a first-round talent. And you look at Kyle Hamilton, and it's just like, when is that going to come to fruition? And Marquise Brown is gone, and Rashad Bateman we're still waiting for. It's just a lot, you know what I'm saying? And uh, it- it- Kyle Hamilton just kind of fits that mold. So I think they really need him <laughs> to be good sooner than later. Just Particularly to, now because you're down, you know, a safety anyway. You, right. Yeah, exactly. Like they, they need him just for production standpoint and just to be able to restore that faith in their fan base that they yeah. can trust them on draft night to pick the right guy because 
it's while some of their draft picks work out, I like Travis Jones. I like, you know, their mid to later round picks do end up working out, but those are value picks. You want to hit on your first round picks. And not many franchises can withstand multiple misses in the first round. So they, they need it. They need Kyle Hamilton to, to really be good. If nothing else, just to assure the fan base that we got this, we, we know what we're doing on, on draft night. And Cordell, not just, not to, you know, look too far ahead, but I think the big distinction between Hamilton and Queen is that Queen basically got the starting job when he stepped on campus, whereas Kyle Hamilton is looking at a depth chart where Marcus Williams is signed long-term. Chuck Clark is still on a team-friendly deal next year, and the Ravens talked about Kyle Hamilton being this third safety. Well, clearly he's not because when Marcus Williams got hurt, it was Geno Stone who who went in. And first of all, we didn't even see – that many three safety looks over the first five oh. or six weeks or whatever. So, uh, you know, as the Lamar Jackson situation hovers over everything and you see all these really impressive third-year guys who are finally stepping up to play, Duvernay, Matabike, obviously Ben Powers is a fourth-year guy, but he's maybe proven himself worthy of a long-term deal. You're going to – you need to try to find some wiggle room on the margins of that salary cap. And if the Ravens were confident enough to either trade Chuck – or, or release him before paying like the five million or six million dollar cap hit next year, and handing Kyle Hamilton the job, I think they would probably do it. Um, but again, if they don't feel comfortable in him and they don't feel confident in him, then you're paying a first round pick, you know, a decent amount of change for him to be a a just uh, you know high profile backup. And that's not the success. That's not how you. Uh, that's not how a team wins the Super Bowl. And honestly, credit. I don't know if you want to say credit, but. Um, it was a very heads up for them to not trade Chuck Clark. He, I know that he had changed um, management because he thought that he would be released or traded. Um, so, th- you know, that was something that he really thought was a reality, but f- for whatever reason that didn't happen. And it's safe to say that it's paid off that they haven't done that because they do need Chuck Clark because right now Kyle Hamilton is not um, comfortable enough in his defense or making enough plays in his defense to feel like, oh, Chuck Clark needed to be, you know, sent elsewhere. So, I, again, I don't know if I should say credit to the Ravens, but it was very smart play on their part to just not say we're going to move forward because we have this first-round draft pick. Well, yeah, they, they should definitely be thankful that they practice patience because they'd be in a world of trouble if Chuck Clark wasn't here and they were forced to play Kyle Hamilton, who clearly is not fully confident and his ability in this defense right now, even on his assignments in this defense, I, I, he just—I don't—he I don't, doesn't strike me as somebody that's fully confident in what he sees out there and what he's supposed to do right now. So yeah, the Ravens should be thankful that not only that they didn't trade Chuck Clark, but that Chuck Clark is a constant pro and showed up to everything that he even stuff he didn't have to show up to. He's done nothing but show up since day one and go to work, and he's been really good for them. 